Oh, look at that ass. This is I, Jaws Blake, of the Painter Files Podcast. This is episode 145. Ooh, 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 ooh. I've been contemplating on whether I'm going to take off uh, in season three at 150 and then take a little vacation. We'll see. So, Galeras, how have you been this week? How have you been? I guess last week would be a better question. Kind of in the beginning of this week. Uh, if it's Monday. Otherwise, you know, I don't know when you listen to this. So, it might not be then. It might be a different time for you. Um, my week was interesting. I mean, it definitely had its ups and its downs. I tried to get as much done as I could. Uh, I filmed the Painter's Breakfast show this morning. Uh it was a it was a, it was good it was good tell people about Juneteenth for those who don't know Juneteenth is the the day in Galveston Texas in America when the last enslaved people were freed in 1986 sorry 18 <laughs> 1868 i don't know how i got that messed up but yeah, so it's been a holiday that black people in America have been typically celebrating for over 100 years now, um, since the first day after they were freed, they've been celebrating. So as an Afro-Latino, I remember just like going to all these like parades and celebrations and stuff with my mother growing up as a kid, and even as my dad, my dad, you know, being a man from the Caribbean, we would also go to a lot of festivals and stuff in D.C., um, just celebrating just the existence of black culture. So it's always been this really beautiful, kind of wonderful thing, and I'm glad more people are learning about it. I'm finding it a little ironic, though, that most people didn't hear about it in any form or fashion until as of two years ago, I guess, I guess it's weird for me because, like, I just, it's always been something that has been taught to me most of my life. My parents were always pretty big about trying to teach me about, like, my roots and stuff like that and, you know, and just the culture we live in. So, I guess it's just kind of strange to me. But I guess the older I've gotten and the time has gone by, I've realized, like, slavery is one of those things that America does not really acknowledge very often. Uh, some people like say like talk about, but I'd say acknowledge. Like there are a lot of people in America who wish to kind of pretend in a way that like it happened and it's over and that's it and there's nothing more to it. But I mean, there's so much that bleeds out of it. Like it's, it is an open wound that has been kind of ignored for a really long time, and. Yes, there are parts of that, you know, America is definitely healed from surrounding it in ways, but there's a lot more because of the negligence that has kind of just let it fester and become newer problems, you know, Jim Crow, et cetera. So, yeah, I would suggest just if you if you have the time and the interest, you should really read up about it. Like look up Google, et cetera, do a deep dive. There's lots of great books about it, all those things. Uh, it's a pretty hot day today. Please take these, uh, drink some water, stay hydrated. Very important. Today, I have a water with a uh, a cold tea bag. It's a watermelon cucumber mint, and it's always interesting because uh, 
I remember growing up as a kid, they used to tell us about watermelon and how like it was like a stereotypically black thing. And I don't think people really understood why it was. I know a lot of black people like don't like to eat watermelon in front of white people um, because, you know, the stereotypes and all these types of things. But the interesting thing about watermelon was watermelon was a was a crop that freed people started selling on the side of the road because they knew how to grow things and do things. And it really was like a staple crop that they sold and made a lot of money and started societies and all types of stuff just off of kind of their ability to know how to do a fruit stand and a vegetable stand and all these things, just the agriculture, like they're forced into becoming really, really good at it for other people's profits. And then they started becoming, and as soon as they got their freedom, they continued to do it, but they got to make money for themselves. And it was the first time any of that had ever really come about. And it was one of those, it's, it's always interesting. Like, it's a crop that a lot of people like try and put like a negative connotation on, but it's just a really good thing. And I don't know why, I don't know why it became such a negative thing. I guess minstrel shows and stuff like that, but that's bullshit. <laughs> we, we as a people, uh, we're skilled people. And they used the skills they had to make a living for themselves and feed their families and, you know, give themselves shelter. And it should it should never be looked down upon, I guess, is the main point of it. So, yeah. <laughs> Soapbox. There we go. Um, yeah, you know, but for the most part, I've just been trying to work on my website uh it is 11 years strong now which is crazy uh, i never thought i would have a website for such a long long period of time and uh yeah it's just nice i was watching this video this morning of uh this guy named ace who was in um he was this, bla this guy from black man from florida who is in south america and he had gone and he went to Bahia, which is like my one of my family's uh, origins, origin choices in in the world. And it was just really beautiful. Lots of beautiful Afro Latinos just living their lives, doing what they do. And it was just really, 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 really nice. Very muy linda. <laughs> and I was just uh, I was just very happy to see it. It just felt very prophasia, which is perfect. Um, and I'm I'm just happy about it. A friend of mine is talking about moving to Portugal, which is kind of funny. Once we live in Lisbon, and uh, it's interesting because like there's such a huge difference between obviously Brazil and Portugal, but we have a commonality in speaking the language and everything. He's very funny though. He was like, "Well, I mean, I'm learning Portuguese, but." You know, it's Europe. Nobody just speaks one language. And I'm just like, that's the laziest thing I've ever heard someone say. I'm going to move to a country and I just expect them to speak my language. I was like, what a lazy dumbass. But, yeah, it's just funny. It's just very funny. And ridiculously silly and all these things. On a darker note, uh, so the increase on our condo stuff starts in July. So I appreciate everybody who's given us money 
it'll definitely help us get through uh, quite a bit of it as we still continue to try and sell our place. We had an open house on Saturday. They said some people came by. Um, I don't know what else come, came about it, but I'm just hoping for the best, you know. We can sell this place, and then we can move somewhere nice and preferably have a house and do all these things. So I'll keep you informed. I'm looking at all these, like, studio setups that I've seen some people have with, like, pegboard and just all these little bits and pieces. And I really, I really enjoy the idea of just kind of making and doing and thinking forward towards the future and just trying to move beyond all the craziness. I'm going to try and go out to maybe today and take a couple of photos of some local stuff going on. Some, If any Juneteenth stuff is going on around me, I'll take some pictures of that. If, uh, But, you know, I live in the middle of uh, Silver Spring, Langley Park, so... There's always lots of Afro-Latino stuff going on. So we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Also, Alex here today, so that's cool. I don't think I can get her on the podcast, but <laughs> it's just nice to have her in the house. She's she's this light of energy that inspires me. Also, for those who don't know, Wednesday was our 10-year anniversary of marriage. We've been together longer than that. But, um, yeah. It was really cool, you know? It's a big it's a big deal. And the bad babies are here and they're all healthy and crazy. Tom's asleep against the computer right now as I record into it. So that's a fun experience. <laughs> but yeah. I just wanted to tell you it's it's okay. Oh, and I, I did little baseboard painting stuff. I gotta do some more today. I gotta do like the doors and stuff like that, but it's coming together. I have faith in it. So art-wise, let us see. What have I been doing? I've been drawing a lot in my sketchbooks recently. In the last couple of days, I've been trying to kind of figure out a way to magically balance all my different types of artwork that I'm working on. From my abstract, to my surreal, to my figurative, to my figurative surreals, to my figurative abstracts, to... All these little things. And then there's the podcast and the the live show on Mondays and all these things. So it's a bit of a balancing act, but it is coming together. It's just a little kind of interesting. I've been using for a long time my sketchbooks to kind of come up with like textural and kind of fabric designs for my paintings. And I've pulled away from that recently because I haven't been doing as many of them. But I'm I'm trying to get back into that groove of just like kind of making this art and pulling myself forward and not slowing down anymore. Uh, I mean, I'm going to, but I'm just trying to figure it all out. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, just so you know, I'm probably going to take a break once we reach 150 uh, it'll probably be the end of season three. We'll we'll get into season four. Um, I may take about maybe July off. Maybe not July. Maybe August off. I don't know. Um, yeah. So just give you a heads up. For the most part, though, I've been contemplating doing uh, 
the books, actually. I've got the new book that I've been working on. I've got lots of artwork that I've put in for that. Um, I've still got a couple, probably about a year's worth more work that I want to do that will fit into that very exclusively. That's been kind of difficult because I know sometimes some of you love when I make art that is just for the book that hasn't been shown before. Um, I mean, that's fun. It's difficult. <laughs> I do like producing content, which is the issue. Um, and then not having any content to produce off of all of this is a little bit difficult sometimes. It's not as easy as I would kind of hope it to be in a lot of ways. So I struggle sometimes not just sharing everything that I make all the time. There's no real way to kind of get out of that. <laughs> that need to kind of put stuff forward and be seen and whatnot. Now, I do a lot with my Patreon, uh, which some of you know about. But, yeah, it's just hard. <laughs> it's very hard. Uh, the YouTube channel, I've been trying to make a lot of stuff. But, you know, I'm 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 leaning more towards doing more art stuff than I am doing anything else right now. Before I was kind of doing like little trendy things and putting stuff up. But I feel like, I don't know, I'm not, I don't care as much about the whole views as much as like the pro, the content. I want to be really better than like little clicky, silly things. Not to say I don't do little clicky, silly things, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel as real sometimes to just make art for art's sake. I mean, I want to make art for art's sake, but to make content for content's sake just doesn't quite catch me the way it used to. Justine, my one of my in-laws, uh brought up this interesting idea of flower dry flowered ice art so you take uh you dry flowers obviously um well you don't even have to dry them i think you just pick flowers that are colorful you put ice over them over a watercolor piece of paper in a container uh that can kind of drain underneath itself and then you just kind of drop watercolors all over it to do kind of like an abstract let it grow type of thing it feels like splatter art a little bit which i'm not which i've openly said i'm not a huge fan of but i do like the little idea of it it's interesting to me the concept the the uncontrolled aspects i'm trying to learn to be better about not controlling the art that i make and that is oftentimes very difficult Drinking more water. It's all just hot. Hot today. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I had all these, like, really good ideas, and then they just kind of went boop as I'm messing around with everything in the background as I'm talking to you. I see, like, all this, like, kind of 80s art that's starting to pop back up, like this nostalgia stuff. And, like, I'm tempted to even make some art about it. Like... Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. I remember, like, that was, like, my whole world at one point in time. As a kid, was, like, Ninja Turtles, watching the Ninja Turtles and reading the Ninja Turtles comic books and drawing the Ninja Turtles and all those things. 
And I remember being like a judgmental child <laughs> about the artwork that other people made. And it's just kind of an interesting aspect of how I've gotten older. I'm still a judgmental child. And it's just kind of funny is all it is. There's these really kind of interesting, interesting, interesting little things in which we've been kind of running into in art. I'm really enjoying this fractured universe thing that happened in uh, everything all at once, everywhere. I think it was the name of the movie. Alec and I watched it for anniversary on demand, and it was just, it was really cool, actually. It was this kind of multiverse theory of all the things that were going on. Like, I still got my left eye, and I close it. I, I feel something, I close it, and then I just kind of see all these different possibilities of all the different art choices I can make. And if I go this direction, what it goes. And if I go that direction, how it goes. And then it's like splintered into a million different places. And it was just fun to see kind of that concept made into a movie. Because it was just, what if this skill was more something you lean towards? What if you would try to work harder at trying to do this one thing as opposed to another and like if I'd been a sculptor instead of a painter, more so, or I'd been a woodworker more than anything else, then that would have been a thing. And just the different ways that the art would have kind of been represented in different mediums. And I really like that idea. I've always been kind of one of those persons who daydreams while they make something. If I can't fall into like that huge zen zone where the world kind of melts away while I'm making something, then I oftentimes wonder, you know, what it could be, what it will be, what it shall be. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. I do want to do more figurative work. I haven't done, like, a lot of figurative nudes in a long time. And I want to do, like, a maybe, like, a zine that I can just kind of put together, maybe, like, 20 or 30 of them. And then just kind of put something out, maybe in December so keep your eye on a swivel, I guess. Your head on a swivel. <laughs> I think your eye on a swivel would just be like this weird like hoo -hoo -hoo type of thing where your eyes like Googling about, but uh, which is a funny draw note towards uh, the movie, actually, uh, with the googly eyes. But yeah, I'm just kind of trying to figure it all out. I see these things where I'm really, really interested to make everything how I want it to go and how I want it to see and I don't know I just I don't exactly know but I, I feel like I'm going to kind of find it I'm going to definitely find it I had this vision a couple of days ago and it was the city in a nightlight in a nightlit fashion from the moon with skyscrapers kind of roaming and changing and so on and so forth like teeth in a mouth of a shark and then in the background where the moon is there's this like illuminating eye looking on towards the city it was kind of rounding the city was rounding through and I was just kind of I was just kind of just seeing it in that eye as it was bringing me this idea. 
And I wasn't sure if it needed to be an artwork or it was just like a theory that had come about or something of that nature, but it was just this vivid blue, purple, yellow, black, white kind of image with little dots of red kind of image going on. I might make it very small on a piece just to kind of make it real and settled. But uh, we'll see, honestly. I think, I think art oftentimes tries to tell you ways to look and see things. And in that, you find peace and honesty. So good, that is. Um, I just want to say special thanks to... Uh, <laughs> Artisan Wellness Project with Netararu. Uh, always amazing, amazing bombs and just incense and all these things. It's just incredible. And he does great work. So please check him out, Artisan Wellness Project. Also, if you have forgotten, uh, Yasutomi Inc. actually is one of my favorite sponsors that I have and have had for a long time now. They have inks, they have paper, they have brushes they have watercolors they have all these amazing incredible beautiful things and i'm always extremely lucky and happy that they have been supportive of my work for so long so thank you very much artiza once again i'm waiting hit me up <laughs> okay so painter fire story let's light a candle get the vibe right get that vibe right so, Alex's been playing this game called The Quarry, and it's about these summer camp kids who are counselors after this camp's over, and they stay a day or so afterwards, and they get attacked by werewolf, naked mole rat type of thing. Now, my story about being a camp counselor is not nearly as exciting, <laughs> but it was during a summer in Georgia, in Coleman, Georgia, White County, uh, so many words, um, and I had almost broken my hand because of a car accident I had been in once we got there, almost immediately once we got there, we got in a rear-end collision because the driver wasn't paying attention because they were talking to the person in the back seat who was also foolishly not kind of distracting one another, and I'm in the front seat and the passenger side, and the airbag pops, and it jams my right-hand fingers up into my hand <laughs> and my wrist gets jammed and my elbow locks and I had to basically be like in a soft cast for like about 20 days so right before the camp kids get there I'm out of my cast uh, I've been training this whole time as a lake lifeguard which I had already been a lifeguard but I was training as that and at this time I was pretty sure I was done being an artist I know, right? You'd never think the kid would have given up on anything. But, uh, yeah, I had already kind of come to this conclusion that art was no longer something that I could really fall back on. So I gave up. And I think it didn't help that the person I was dating was very, like, jealous of, like, jealous and kind of immature. 
So I do like figure drawing classes and stuff like that in college. And they were always super like odd and uncomfortable about it. So I pulled back a bit and then I pulled back a little more and then I kind of pulled back a little more. And by the end of it, I was like, well, maybe I'll be a cook for a restaurant. Maybe I'll be a bossa musician with a bass guitar. <laughs> These are all things that I could do and I was doing. So I was like, well, maybe I just need to lean more into those because those are actual like job jobs. I uh, don't know why I thought a a Latin bass player for specifically bassa Latin music would be a more secure job than someone who paints things. <laughs> Uh, I feel they're both kind of obscure. But I was working in a kitchen, and I was like, okay, well, maybe culinary stuff would be the best way. So I went on this summer camp, and I met a bunch of people who were like art majors and music majors and et cetera, and they were just all kind of brats. So it quickly, as the month went by, I fiend for like a sketchbook and like some watercolors and a glass of water. So I just finger painted throughout the summer trying to figure out how to do stuff. And I grabbed a couple of brushes and I put some things down and I started to really kind of focus on all the things that I really wanted to do. But it took me a couple of years to really, really get back into it, honestly. I didn't think I was good enough. I mean, I also been told I wasn't good enough, but I started to kind of give up a little bit. So I took a break. And I moved to Wilmington the next year. And Wilmington was, like, super racist, and that didn't help. And I just grabbed, like, this giant sketch pad, and I just started drawing. My own feet, my hands, my face, my midsection. I got a little digital camera, and I took pictures of everything. And then I used a tiny little screen on it to then draw things off of and work on this and work on that and work on take some figure drawing classes and do all these other things at this point that relationship was already over so it didn't really matter but I slowly started to kind of realize that I was I think I was afraid that I could not pull off all the things that I wanted to do because I was, like I said, I was just afraid. I was afraid of failure, which is kind of funny because, like, failure is just this thing that happens in the way of you trying to get good at something. Like, you're not going to be amazing at something when you first start. The concept of being able to be amazing at something when you first start is just kind of like beginner's luck thing is just this silly thing that people tell you. Like, you're good at stuff and you can be happy about the things that you do by all means. And it's very easy to then feel confident and feel good and just let your art be charming, you know? It doesn't have to be the best, but you know, you should feel you should feel confident in your abilities to an extent. Even if it just makes you happy. Even if you're going to second guess it later and go, oh, that was not very good. That's fine. But you have to just understand that, like, you're going to get there. And it's okay to have doubts about the artwork that you make. Like, look at me. Like I said, I quit. I legitimately just quit being an artist for a little while. 
because it was just so hard to get anywhere with it initially. And then one day, I had an art show. And then from the art show, that actually did really well and sold out everything that day, um, opening day, for my... <laughs> for my uh, one night stand shows as I used to call them because everything was a sexual joke and I mean that's what you do you just make weird sex jokes as as artists growing up and um, yeah it was really interesting like I, I learned a lot of techniques I guess that's kind of the thing that I always tell people about art school like art school is not necessary but if you're not, if you're one of those people that needs a little bit of kind of a push forward, then art school is great. Art books are good too. Those art books are written by people who went to art school. So basically you're getting kind of extra, all the extra stuff that you could do for a lot less money to just simply pick up an art book for 40, 50 bucks, as opposed to a hundred thousand dollars to go to art school. But yeah, I mean... I went to art school and I found artwork from Glenn Barr, who was like this very awesome oil painter artist. And Audrey Kawasaki, who was kind of funny because Audrey and I were, um, Aubrey, Audrey, um, were in the same art groups coming through. You know, she's obviously more successful. But yeah, it was just kind of interesting to see how we were all coming together I think the difference between their art and my art at the time was they were just so fearless about it and I realized that was kind of the thing that I had to do I had to figure out how to be fearless how to just make the art put it up and then just keep going from there and not wait for someone to go you know you're doing a real good job because <laughs> I don't think that was ever really going to come like you get to that point in your art career where like you're good and people want to tell you you're good. And then you also get to that other part in your art career where you're good and people stop telling you you're good because you're surrounded by, like, your peers. And your peers all want to be exactly where you are, just like you want to be where they are. And it can be... It's weird when, like, the people who you looked up to become kind of competitors in a way. Which is silly because, like... People who want to celebrate your art can celebrate all your art. They're the people they like and the other people they like and yours and so on and so forth. Like it, there is no limitation in how much artwork can be made and put together. So there's that. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, the people who want to buy my art are the same people who want to buy your art. But, you know, they can do both. Uh, you know, I don't know a lot of people who buy a lot of art who have massive budgeted amounts of artwork they're allowed to buy within that time. They buy as much as they want when they want and they go from there. Sometimes it's a question of what art from you they want to get as opposed to a different piece of artwork. But they always, you know, they want to buy artwork from you. They do. And then they'll buy it from the next person and so on and so forth. The people beside you are not in competition with you. They are simply just, they're just here. 
enjoying you and living all the places you live and doing all the things you do. So, yeah. It's okay to feel a little beaten, but just realize, like, it's a feeling, not a guarantee of any type of failure. Second guessing is just kind of you wanting to make sure your artwork is the best that it can be. Just love yourself. That's it. Breathe with me. So Alec got me this book for meditations, a little book of mindfulness, 10 minutes a day to, to less stress and more peace by Dr. Paritia Collard. So there's this good five minute kind of awakening your breath exercise I'd like to do with you if you give me your time. <laughs> You're captive. You have no choice. No. Um, working your breathing. All right. So, with this, they say, you want to stand up. So, stand up straight. Bring your hands all the way up above you. Arch your back a little bit. Lean your head back. You can lean up against the wall if you're worried you're going to fall over. Alright, so once you've lengthened your spine upward, and you let your feet flat and your hips you know wide apart about shoulder length stretch your hands and your arms all the way up inhale raise your arms slowly raise your arms above and over your head put your palms together exhale slowly as you bring your arms down It feels nice. It's uh, I have shoulder issues, so this is a little bit difficult sometimes, but that's okay. <sighs> that's a good stretch. Stretch your feet all the way through. So as you're doing this, I want you to kind of focus your energies on just listening to your body. Bring your arms down. I'm going to do this seated down because I don't feel like standing up. <laughs> mm. I love exercises like this because they they kind of help you open up your body a little. Let the kind of soreness stretch out a little. Let it be free. So take your hands, link them straight up, put your palms up in the air. Breathe in, breathe out. Let your energies focus and form around you. Take your feet, root them deep into the ground. Like tree roots, pulling the energy 
up and through you, all the way up, filling you, filling you up like a tank. Slowly but slowly, like a kiddie pool, filling up with water. When it gets to the very top, just let it overflow. And come out those hands, out your face, at all those kind of exit points. As your energy fills up all the way from the bottom to the top. And just be a part of the experience. Feel the stretch. Feel the flow. Think about all the things that like you can't control in life. And just attach them to that energy that's just washing past you. Everything is attainable. Everything is real. Everything is fake. Everything is everything. And just like a water fountain, just let it go. Amazing. When you're ready, pull your roots back in. Turn the faucet off. Go back into your resting position with your body, hands down, neck down, spine curved. Give yourself a good inner stretch. Oh. And you're done. Hmm. That's pretty nice, Galaris. That's pretty nice. All right, cool people. I hope you had a great day. I hope you had a wonderful Juneteenth. I hope you celebrated the happiness and freedoms that we all get to experience. And I hope, you know, you do well. I hope you do well this week. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, please, you know, do so. Share, like, subscribe, leave a comment, do etc. Um, go to the Patreon, uh, Joar Blake. You can find it in the link in the bio. And, you know, I could always use more people. Please, 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 please join. <laughs> can always use your help. Uh, I love you so much. Um, thank you for all your support throughout the years. And I just want to say, uh, if you like art videos, please check out Painter Files on YouTube. All right. So I will talk to you later. I will see you soon. And like always, be cool, be nice, and do your thing. All right. Painter out. Ciao. Bye.